Greetings and welcome to A Gentleman's Chat, episode 67 with your hosts Ian and Billy. Boys and girls, for the first time ever, we've actually accomplished doing something we said we were going to do. For those joining us in your car, Ian and I are literally standing in the woods on a hike. We're doing it. Yeah. And if you're watching the uh, OnlyFans video version, <laughs> oh yeah, you get to see all the fun. So I was telling you on the car ride over for an ad campaign, right? Because we were, we were talking about ad campaigns. I firmly believe that we should have Bill Clinton's saxophone solo on Arsenio Hall be the background music, right? Because for those that don't know, in the 90s, before Bill Clinton was actually elected president, he went on Arsenio Hall as Governor Bill Clinton, and he had... Uh, a spot when they introduced Arsenio Hall, he was playing a saxophone and he had like the deep aviator shades on. <laughs> Dude, he looked sweet. And he was just pounding out Heartbreak Hotel by Elvis. Nice. It was nuts. I think the problem with that is there's no way we're not getting copyright strike. Yeah, I don't know if the Elvis estate is gonna get behind all the things that we're thinking about doing. <laughs> we have- No shot. <laughs> we've got some pretty doozy uh, ideas. Indeed. You know, when we pulled in here, you were talking about the girl that, you know, took, oh, our, no. took our money. Yep. And she was, she was wearing a necklace that had her name on it. I didn't see it, but you pointed it out. What's the point of that? Uh, make introductions much easier for shy people, I would assume. Because, <laughs> you know, you're drinking, you're at the bar, you're trying to meet new people, but you can't talk to people very well. and. You're very bad at introductions. So what happens? You get bought a drink. They look, you know, as men do, a little down. And notice, <laughs> ah, now I know her name. It makes that introduction process way easier. I see. I see. Have you ever had, like, a big flub with a girl before? Like, a real, I mean, an honest-to-goodness social faux pas? Um, hmm. After the encounter with the one young lady's family that threatened me, I guess. I did ghost <laughs> her and never talk to her again, but I think that's probably the closest I've ever been. Dude, I've, I don't know, I've had a couple of them with, with girls in college, right? Where you're like, hey, like, we should go hang out or do something, but yeah. you're in college, right? Yeah. So unless you're doing something on campus, there's not really an ability to go anywhere. So then you're just kind of twiddling your thumbs, thinking what whatever could we do, and then it never happens. <laughs> I'll tell you a big social faux pas I had one time. I was with a girl, and I had her name in my phone, right? So we were actively together in a relationship, and I used to have her phone, the hey Siri, call XY, right? And it would say first name, last name, and it always said her last name wrong. And oh. I was like, this is so strange. It's not like it's a very weird last name, but it always said the last name wrong. So I was with her one night and I was like, hey, here's a weird thing that my phone does. When I say your name to my phone, it just doesn't say it right. And she said, really, that's so strange. Do you have my name put in right? And I said, of course I do. And then I said, hey Siri, call XY. And, and it did and it said her name wrong. And she grabbed my phone and she said, you idiot, you spelled my name wrong. <laughs> so they, Oh no. So I, I had her last name spelt wrong in my phone. 
Dude, I have never felt so embarrassed in my lifetime. Oh my heavens. I feel like that's one of those good type of mistakes though that adds some levity, where it's like something funny to in the moment and to look back on where it's not breaking of a relationship. Well, it's true, I guess, but. Like when you say, hey Siri, call this person, and it's a different chick that picks up that <laughs> is all for it, and you're like, oh. Dude, my fiance did that, the other, had one of those the other day. She, um, she was trying to call her dad, right? So she was scrolling through a phone and she clicked on dad, apparently, and my phone rang standing next to her. Oh no. And I was like, hang on a minute. What am I, <laughs> what are you trying, what are you trying to tell me? Because her mom was standing right there too. I was like, oh, no, 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 whatever did happen. <laughs> and then she just pressed the wrong button, but it was, for a minute there, I was, you know, <laughs> crapping bricks. I was like, holy smokeroonies. That is one that would be very uncomfortable. Dude, Especially yeah. if you're not that far along, like you two are in a relationship. Imagine early on something like that happens, where it's like, oh, I'll call, and then calling daddy, and then it's you. <laughs> <laughs> calling papa. Papa. <laughs> Yeah. Is, uh, that, is that the best way of saying father? What's the best way? Father. Dude, father is... Father? Yeah, I'm pretty traditional. That's what I say too. It's such a good one because if you just say father, there's like a... There's a gravitas. Probably because it has more letters, right? And it's not yeah. a rhyme scheme. I... Yeah, I think if you hit him with a papa, it's not... It just <laughs> doesn't... It just doesn't hit as hard as father. Yeah? Yeah, that's, that's so, okay. my belief. Just father? Do you use father yourself or like dad when you're referring to it? Um, when I am referring to my own father, I usually call him dad. Okay. I think that's pretty standard. Most people do. Yeah, that's the big one. Yeah. Have I, you I, ever used the word daddy to refer to him though? No, no, okay. no, no. What, what's a good age limit for nine? the word daddy? Nine? You're going all the way up to nine? Yeah, I'm going all the way up to nine. I was, I'm a little bit harder on, I would say my kiddos i'd say six six okay yeah six seven somewhere around there and then it's like no you can call me father or not at all i had one dude so i was in the boy scouts for a long time right i got my eagle scout and after that i was an assistant scout master became a scout master and in doing that you know you're running a troop of boys yep and i had this one older gentleman who'd been in the troop forever and a day, and we were doing paperwork one night, filling out like for a, a bulletin for a program we were doing, right? And he was incessantly debating me on the difference between father and dad, right? <laughs> because anybody can be a father, but it takes a special person to be a dad. What? This is what he this, I, I'm, hey, this is what he was trying to tell me. So what he was getting at is that you know anyone can have sex and become a father but for it to, you know to really bond with your kid and take care of them and set them on the right course in life to be a dad takes effort right so we were doing this and he was he was trying to tell me or trying to get a, across that some of the some of the the people on this program weren't dads they were fathers <laughs> yep right so he was trying to like, you know, separate them out. And I was like, dude, we cannot be going around telling, telling these dads that they are shitty parents. Yeah. 
But, I mean, they wouldn't know you're saying that, so it's a little better. Yeah, we can't, but we can't gaslight these dads. I've never <laughs> thought of that for dads. I think the, the term I always consider a particular type of father is paw. Mm. Like if you have, if little Jimmy or Sally calls you paw, that just puts in my mind at least a very particular type of father. Yeah, that's a very old school way of talking too. Yeah. I mean, if you have a paw, first of all, you're from the South. And second, Most likely, yeah. yeah. And second of all, you know, you probably have a high, uh, high regard of pff, the person who that is. Oh, geez, Louise, ha, <laughs> <laughs> ha, <laughs> 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 ate that cobweb with webs. my, yeah. with my whole face. Got the head, the spider on me, and everything. Jeez, <laughs> People saying we don't want it bad enough. Wow. Oh yeah. my goodness gracious. That's about as bad as it gets right there. Yeah. Spiders. I don't actually care about spiders. No, I don't either. I don't like them on my face though while I'm trying to talk. Fair enough, fair enough. Next thing you know, I'm inhaling the poor guy. I probably would like them a lot less if we had poisonous spiders in the area. Yeah, we really don't. Especially up here. Yeah, we and I, nothing. <laughs> and the bugs really aren't all that bad today either. Which is amazing because we do have really bad mosquitoes. We do, and it just rained yesterday, so I was yeah. really thinking that today was gonna suck, but. I don't think it's late enough into the summer to get the really bad ones. It could be. It could be. We've been pretty lucky so far this year. Yeah. I, uh, you were telling me about some loser who didn't understand capitalism that you were talking to the other day. <laughs> oh, no. And it got, dude, it got me thinking on an idea though, okay? Yep, See, I was yep. trying to take his stupidity and turn it into my brilliance. So here's my brilliant idea. I want to open up a shop. A, a market of some kind. I don't know what it sells yet, but I want to open up a market and I would love for it to accept only currencies that are not American currency. Right? Yeah. Because there's a, there's a thing in the world now, right, where no one accepts cash anymore, either due to a coin shortage or either because, you know, it's too many touches, right? They're all up in arms about the germs of, of yeah. money, right? Which is true. Money is filthy. Money is super filthy. So I was thinking, what if we found a way to bring back money, but I only accept German francs, or I only accept, you know, the dong. The dong. Yeah, yeah. over in you know, Indonesia and such. That's the only way you can purchase things at my shop. That would be fantastic if there wasn't uh, US federal law that requires if you're a business out of the US, you have to accept US currency. Dude, there's gotta be a loophole though. Yeah. I think about it. So, okay, here, so if you own a collection of things, right? Yeah. Let's say you have a collection of old um, army stuff, right? You have old army weapons, these type of things. You have to pay taxes on all of those things that you have. Yes. And if you store it in a warehouse, you must pay land tax and all these sorts of things. I did get bit by a mosquito, that bugger. If you have to pay taxes on all of that, it can get quite pricey, but there's a loophole in the law that says if you turn it into a museum or a place that people could visit, you no longer have to pay taxes. So for example, the law says that your collection must be able to be viewed one hour a week. You don't have to post about the hours. You can decide whenever the hour is. But if someone shows up at your place of business or your, you know, where your collection is stored in that hour, 
you have to sell them a ticket to come view your collection. And then you don't have to pay any taxes on your collection. So I'm thinking there has to be a law, a loophole somewhere where I can convince people to pay me in German francs. How absolute is that uh, museum loophole for taxes? If I were to go home tonight and make my residence a museum of my history or life, or we'll come up with something. Mm -hmm. And make it like you get one hour a week, as you said, like Tuesday, 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. Yep. Would I no longer have to pay property tax or is that specific to like objects or items? Well, see, now that's the question, right? Can the object and item also be at your place of residence? Yeah. I would suggest it could. I'm thinking I could get out of property taxes. This is a fantastic idea. Isn't we it just? probably just make our abodes museums and call it a day i know we should and then if people want a ticket they must pay us That's in, true. in in israeli precious coins and oh better yet here's what i'll do i have a bro dude this is getting better okay you know those like skittle machines they're like a, a quarter you see them at yep. like the auto zones when your car is getting fixed and stuff like that how about we just have israeli precious coins in there and for a fee uh. you can swap your money for the money by which I accept. And because it's going to just keep getting recycled, I don't have to get new money because they're going to give it back to me. Yeah. I win. That is pretty good. You'll come up with foreign currency of your choice for basically nothing. Yes. Except the cost of some gumballs. That's exactly right. Some stale four-year-old gumballs. Oh, geez Louise. Those oh. are always the worst. Yeah. Dude, I had cereal that was more than a year out of date today. I woke Why did up. You eat that? I, pff, I didn't know it was out of date till I tried to go eat it. <laughs> my better half and I got this morning. She was like, "Yeah, I'm kind of lazy on breakfast. Thinking about just having cereal." I was like, "Great, I love cereal. I can't have milk anymore, but I still love me some cereal." Oh, you ate it dry too? Have to, oh. have to. I have no choice. So I open up the box of Lucky Charms, right, and uh, dump them out, and I'm like, "Wow, these look kind of glassy," you know, which which leads me to believe they're stale, right? They got some moisture near them. Yep and uh, take one bite of the marshmallow, and that thing was just as hard as a cracker. And I was like, oh, this isn't gonna be good. But you know what? The marshmallows always go bad first anyway, so who really cares? I took one bite of that cereal, dude, and I knew something wasn't right. <laughs> it didn't taste right. It didn't feel right when you were biting it. So I spit it all out, and my, my fiance was getting all mad at me. She was like, yo, why are you? You're such a baby about this. Like, why are you complaining about this stale cereal? I was like, what is the best buy date on this thing? She said, uh, July 13th or whatever. A couple of days from whatever today would be. Yeah, and you're like, and was, good. Uh, yeah, and she's like, dude, it's not even bad yet. It's like, <laughs> what year? 2021. Yep. So it was a whole year out of date. So that, that sucked. Which direction are we going here? Uh, probably right. Okay. Right's gonna be more foresty. So that's how I started my day today, with year old Lucky Charms. That's pretty bad. That I threw out. I don't not like cereal, but a lot of times cereal like chews up your mouth. Mm. Because it's very kind of grainy and sharp sometimes. For sure, Cap'n Crunch is one of those. Oh yeah. You know, if you're eating Cap'n Crunch, you're just accepting the fact that you're gonna have mouth sores for the next week. Which sucks, because Cap'n Crunch is actually pretty darn, oh, darn good. Isn't it just though? Yeah. So Jeez. it's like, do I deal with the roof of my mouth being on fire for the next five hours <laughs> for this flavor, or do I make some eggs? 
<sighs> I always make some eggs. I haven't actually purchased or have cereal for years now. Dude, what was your favorite cereal growing up? Um, Rice Krispies, as basic as you come. Mmm. So you were the Snap, Crackle, Pop type of fella? Yeah. Okay, okay. I don't know. I don't know if I ever had one. I always like rotating. Right? I was a rotate type child. Mm -hmm. So I'd, I'd have Cheerios one week, you know, kind of bland, and then maybe we'd go over like Raisin Bran Crunch, right? Just get a little, oh, yeah. some, little something else going on in there. And then maybe the week after, we'd go Lucky Charms, we'd wrap around to Fruity Pebbles, some Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and then we'd come back to the beginning. Gotcha. I was a, uh, every week, it was a new adventure for me. My father is very cheap in some things. One is cereal. So aside from Rice Krispies exclusively, because he couldn't find a better one where we were, he would buy off-brand cereal, like uh, the bottom of the barrel. Shoot. <laughs> you don't know what's in it or where it came from type cereal. So that probably influenced my decision-making a lot. Dude, my grandparents used to buy that type of just, you know, the, the type of stuff where you get it in like 15 pound bags. Yep. We were like, I don't even know what Lucky O's are. You know, because they're always close to the brand name, but it's yeah. like... Yeah, change it a little bit so you know what it is, but they're not getting sued. Right, right. Yeah, that stuff always tasted weird. Um, always, always. I have found Woodman's uh, grocer in our area does have those big bags, but they make their own, and it's actually not bad. So that's like the one time if you're getting like a big 15 pound bag of cereal, that's fine. But you also have to be able to eat it all before it goes bad. Right, that's the worst part. I mean, 15 bag pounds of cereal does not go very quick. No. It always goes stale. What's just added to the problem of me not liking cereal. Yeah, having to eat always stale cereal, that sucks. So nowadays I pretty much exclusively um, have eggs and sausage in the morning because I know hot take. Hopefully I don't get canceled for this. I believe sausage is superior to bacon. Okay, now what now are you talking sausage patties or links? Links. Okay, I want to make sure I had that yeah, right in my or head. Or like actual sausage. Yep. Like homemade sausage. Yep. Both are better. And I would be the same way for pizza. If someone offered me like a pepperoni pizza versus a sausage pizza, sausage is always better in my eyes. Really? Yeah. Dude, I'm kind of a have it both ways type of fella. I mean, if they're gonna put both on, I'm never gonna say no, of course. That's, that's, that's what I'm talking about. I gotta have both of them, if you're gonna ask me. And like sometimes- your head, pepperoni or sausage? I might pick pepperoni. I got a thing about pepperoni, man. I just think it's tasty. Yeah, that's what most people do. I have, for lunch sometimes, I'll make like buttered noodles, you know? Mm -hmm. And I will put pepperoni and ham in there. And it's just, you know, little butter you get some some nice salts and some some spices going on you, you get the mixture of earthy tones mm. cannot beat it Just that does can't. sound pretty good what yeah. about because the other topics aside from pepperoni and sausage and like pizza and whatnot uh the sausage versus bacon debate if you were gonna go to like mcdonald's or anyone who makes you like an egg mcmuffin type deal is it egg mcmuffin with sausage or bacon because sausage all the way. Yeah, I think that answer depends strictly on how dry the dish I'm having is. Okay. So you said Egg McMuffin, which is basically, you know, um, some biscuit eggs around egg some biscuits. And, and then your choice of meat. Right, that's pretty dry. Yep. So I think if you go bacon, that's not a good scene. 
right? Because bacon's got all that grease in it, but yep. it, it has no water content really, because they Not get all- because you cook it off. Right. So I'm thinking if you have sausage, you have a little water content left in that casing, that's a great place to be. Yep. Now, if I'm having something that's dripping, then I do not want sausage. Like if I, okay, picture if I had a cheeseburger, right? Pick that bad boy up, she's medium rare, and she is juiced. No shot, I want sausage on that. Fair enough, fair enough. I feel that way too. I, I'd go as far as saying bacon is fantastic if you have something with a higher moisture contest. I agree completely. I think it's just overused for people like, I like bacon at no matter what, that's my favorite meat in everything. I'm like, no. Mm. But you wrap like some pork tenderloin or some steaks up in that and you broil that for a while. Mm. Cause then the bacon acts as basically seals all the juices inside, but you still get that bacony flavor. Right? Yeah, that right. is great. Yeah, you, you can't go wrong with that. You're right, I, I don't understand the people that put bacon on everything, particularly strictly pig bacon. Yep. Right, like it has to be thick cut pork bacon or bust because it's so fatty. It is. Who wants something that with that high of fat content? At all times. Especially if you're adding it to something else, like another meat. But you always, you almost always do for American breakfast. Right. Right, so like if you're adding bacon, back to my burger analogy, to a dripping wet, juicy burger that already has fat in it, I don't need, I don't need your extra, your extra fat, Mr. Pig. I really don't. <laughs> okay, okay. So I already know this already, but what type of bacon do you prefer? Then? Ah, see, you lead right into my yeah. knowledge scape because <laughs> as you know, because we talked about this the other day at a friend of our bachelor party, when everyone woke up and was hung over, except for the two of us. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I prefer venison bacon, which comes from deer. And what they do is they, they basically grind it up with a bunch of other, you know, so you, you bring in the leftover bits of the deer. So this is part of the back strap that you can't use. Obviously, when you take the tenderloin out, if there's any extra meat in there and stuff that you just can't get off the bone. Yeah. Like all that goes in there. And then they throw in some extra grits and stuff like that and they cut it really thin. And what you get is this delicious piece of meat that has very low fat content. So it's all flavor all the time. Yeah. It's delicious. I do love venison, but that's actually something I have to be more in the mood for. Not gonna lie, I love my high fat, fat content meats. If you're giving me like a brisket or even pulled pork, something where all the fat is still inside or cooked down with it. Sure. Oof, I do love that. Well, I understand that's not like an every time or every day type deal. Right, and there's also, you know, you, you can get pig bacon at the store. Yeah. For venison bacon, you have to go find it. I mean, around here we get, can obviously get it because Wisconsin, but. Yeah, some, at some stores you can, but it's always really, really expensive. It even, is a lot more expensive. Even when you have it processed, it's still like four and a half dollars a pound. Yep. Which is like a good deal on, on something like that. Mm -hmm. Although, if I'm having pig bacon, why wouldn't I just have peppered pig bacon? Like with some, uh, like something else flavoring it. Yeah, Dude, a little I'm, bit of extra something. I'm always down for a little extra something. I almost always use, if I'm doing normal pork bacon, it's always with something. It's never like itself. Right. Because it, bacon's a great compliment, complimentary meat, especially pig bacon, but I don't think it holds 
its own very well. Like, if you just hand me a plate of pig bacon, it's like, that's nice if I had a little something more, you know? Yeah, it's a very good complimenter. It's like pepperoni. Yep. You know? You or, or, or salami. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You give me some salami if it's not in a dish or if I don't have like some cracker and cheese to put with it. I'm not, nope. Yeah, I absolutely, absolutely agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, I'm actually, venison isn't my favorite meat though. I really like bison, which of course is even harder to get, so. Right, and I, I've not had lots of it, so I'm not really an expert, but as I recall, isn't bison the type of meat that, if not cooked properly, tastes very gamey and chewy? Um, or am I thinking of, like, alligator? Well, that's all of alligator, no matter how you cook it. Let's be real. Alligator um, jerky, unless, yeah, that's why it's so salty, because yep. it's, otherwise it's very gamey. I would say bison is probably the cleanest meat I've, I enjoy or eat, and surprisingly enough, it's actually one of the most lean. Mm. Let's just credit to it. It kind of tastes like venison, but add a little bit more beefy flavor. It's like if you're making venison burgers and you throw maybe a handful of or two of like beef into it. Sure. Some good beef and mix that up. That's kind of what bison tastes like. Huh. Dude, I'm sure the people in their car listening to this right now are super hungry because of us. <laughs> yeah. We're just out here chit-chatting about... Uh, about different types of delicious meats and foods to be eating. Oh, certainly. Absolutely. And Dude, all of this is great if you're in the middle of the forest and you, you know, you get hungry, you get stranded. Absolutely. Find yeah. yourself a deer or a bison or I guess an alligator. <laughs> yeah, you know, hunt it down with your bare hands like a real man would. Right, I feel like that's a little bad advice. Yeah, you ever hunt down a bison with your bare hands, Ian? Me, no, me I, neither. I don't think it's physically possible. Probably not, unless the bison's already injured. Even then, I don't think Schwarzenegger in his prime, while he's jacked out of his mind on steroids, would really be able to do something like that. Yeah. Fair enough. Bison are kind of big sometimes. Bunton, Bunton, bison <laughs> hunting is wild to me. Yeah. Because, like, if you do bison hunting in the wild with a bow, you have to get so close to such a large animal. Yep. It's staggering. But tend to get temperamental. Right. If you have a gun, dude, you could be half a mile away on the next ridge. Yep. And there's, there's, don't get me wrong, there's an art to that and like a real fun to that. Because you need to, you only have one shot before this animal runs. You have to line it all up, do all the things. And that's great. But uh, there is something for certain about being 30 feet away from an animal. Oh yeah. Whilst it's pissed at you. I have never really been the greatest bow hunter. I'm talking probably 50 yards for a standard like archery target. I can hit the target every time, but if we're talking 50 yards, if I'm trying to hit dead center, there's no shot. Yeah. So, I, uh... And with a bison, if you're not pretty darn accurate, you're hitting like right into the fat where it's nice and tough. There's no way you're getting through. That is the tough part when you get to large animals. People think that large animals are easier to hunt because there's more of them. Yeah. But your actual hit location behind the front shoulder, like if if you hit the front shoulder won't on work. a yeah, it won't work. If you hit a front shoulder on a deer, like it's not ideal. But if you know if you're pulling enough poundage, you're still going to go through the animal. Yep. And that will lead to it, you know, to you being able to harvest it. But if you hit a bison in the front shoulder. <laughs> 
I'm pretty sure the bison's just going to get mad. Yeah. Same thing with other large animals like bears. If you ever get attacked by a bear, unless you hit it perfectly or, you know, have something insane like a 50 BMG. I don't know why you would, but if you have one of those on hand, the bear's just gonna get pissed off the more you shoot it. Yeah, absolutely. And then you have a bigger problem because now it knows <laughs> you're kind of stinging it and it's it's out for blood. Yeah, it's not like a gun where you can just keep racking that thing backwards yeah, to, no. to, to let it rip. Man, all this thought of food has really got me in the mood for an ad break. Crushed it. Hey, you know, I was thinking one thing we haven't done on this show in a long time and one that might be kind of fun is to go back and give some relationship advice, right? You and I used to be known for our legendary <laughs> relationship advice for other people. Yeah, anyone so I, who's followed it is married. They have eight kids. That's They're right. They're living their best life. They are living their best life. Well, hang on. You can't say eight kids and best life in the same sentence. <laughs> You're right. They're, at least 16. We, we yeah, like whoa. the big Mormon families here. That's right. You like the type where you can shut down a whole block because you're trying to play 8v8 football? Exactly. Got a whole baseball team. You drive a bus to work every day. I have seen those. Well, not, not necessarily the bus, but when you get like the big utility vans. Oh. Deer. Oh. Deer are so skittish when it comes to people. Yeah, what's up with that deer? Jeez. It's We're friendly. Question. Unless we're in a giant, loud car, then they don't care. Yeah, no, then they run out in front of it. They want to know, wow, what is this? Yeah, and then stop and stare, like, is that a death I'm looking at? Is that, is that my demise? Yeah. Anyways, what were we talking about? Your Vans, buses. Yes, we're talking about Mormons with buses. Where <laughs> you've seen the cargo van type people. Exactly. Uh, where. It seats probably like 16 or whatnot. And then you always see them like in a church parking lot or at the grocery store and they'll file out and they just keep coming like a clown car. Yeah, I I've just... I've definitely seen that. You know, I mean, that makes sense if it was the 1950s and you were on a farm, like you need to have labor. Oh yeah. But if you and your wife are working accountant jobs and you've got eight kids, man, you must really love each other or not know of a brand name Trojan. <laughs> Right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like once you get up to like eight, there is no shot that's not intentional. Oh, right. Has to be intentional. Because by the time you have that many kids, you have to be trying, because it's not that easy to get someone pregnant. Right, well, and you're, you, you certainly aren't like, uh, you've skied out past the idea of, oh, but I really want a girl. Yeah. Right, with four boys and you really want a girl, you can't get to your eighth kid and be like, I really want a boy. I really like want this. a fifth boy. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't really play for me anymore. Yeah, no. All of that to transition into what kind of relationship advice do you think they need? <gasps> okay, so here's here's a, a, a question some, someone would ask, right? And I figure, you know, if they're asking questions, we're gonna give answers, Ian. So let me tell you the tale. It's a guy, it didn't really t say his age, but single in the moment, right? Trying to get out there, trying to take those steps forward in life, ending up at, you know, different bars or locations to actually meet a significant other, yep. but not knowing how to engage in opening conversation. And, you know, 
she might not have a fantastic nameplate on to tell you who she is. Fair enough. So I, I think the, the question that needs answering here is, how do you start the opening conversation and not flub it? Okay, so I usually go with the direct and simple approach if I'm trying to meet someone new, especially at a bar, which is a setting people expect to, you know, engage with people they may not really know. Right. So something simple, polite, but not overbearing, like, hi, my name is, insert your name there, uh, just so you know, would you like a drink? I feel like something that simple, even if you get turned down, it's something you can build up and then it's not that scary because it's like one line of dialogue, you're not really out anything. Yeah, I think, I think that's not a bad, I mean, people think that it's an overused one. Which could be true, I guess if you're a pretty girl in a bar, you've probably heard 30, 40 of those and it might be upsetting to you at that point, but... Certainly, but there's a reason it's so popular. Yeah, it's a great way to spark a conversation. You might even just get your drink and sit next to that person. And maybe if there's a TV on, spark up a conversation based on what's on the TV. That's true. And you aware of surroundings is key. Yeah, yeah, I think people way, like, they, they turn in on themselves. They, okay, I need to have a funny one-liner. I need to have this great story or this like poll, right? They think it's an English class where they need to have an opening paragraph that's yep. really good. When you should just be using the stuff around you. Yeah. I, I believe at least. Like if the TV is playing a baseball game, even if you know nothing about baseball, when the guy swings and misses, you could easily make a remark on that and start your conversation. For sure. Yeah, and I also think people in today's world, I don't know why this is necessarily, although I might have a hunch. I think people are trying way too hard to jump right to, I want your phone number and I want to be like with you. Yep. They don't, they don't let the, uh, the sorting out your personality type thing take place, which yeah. is probably why a lot of relationships ends, end within the first six months. It's that pickup culture. And it probably is. Which direction are we going, hey? It's a good question. We always go straight. It looks like an interesting path. The road less taken. I'm down. Yeah. Good rule, Mike. Always travel the road least travel. That's right. And put your hand out so you don't catch another spider web in the face. <laughs> I haven't actually hit many cobwebs. You just got the one big one. I did get a very big one. It was one that actually almost stopped me. It was, it was very um, dense. Rough. Yes. It was, it was a rough and tumble spider. I'm not sure this constitutes a real trail though, no. I'm not looking at it. Well, it looked like someone had taken it previously, but we might be off the beaten path a little ways here. We'll try to find a snake in something and grab it for the camera. There you go. Yeah, let's have, we should find a sheer rock face too, so one of us can fall and have a calamity. And that way call. it can be viral on Twitter. I think all of the sheer rock faces here though are down by the water. Ah, so we can jump into the water then. This thing's waterproof. Oh, that'd be a pretty good shot. Two are dialed. Easiest thing we ever pretty did do. comfortable walk home. It might be. <laughs> it might be. <clears throat> Anyhow, back to the... Yeah, back to this poor guy scene. that's really yeah. hoping for our advice. So, ultimately, it's what you're looking for. If you're looking for a hookup, that is a completely different ball game than if you're actually looking for someone that you wanna, you know, foresee a relationship with. 
Yeah, I think that you need to go into it understanding your own thoughts, right? It's like we were talking about, if you debate someone but don't understand what your own, like where you stand on a topic, yeah. you're pretty much useless. That but is it, true. But if you go into it saying, hey, I'm just looking to be with you for tonight because I'm horny, versus, hey, I actually would like to like understand who you are and respect you and care about you. You should probably sort that out before you spark any conversation. Oh, for sure. Um, and then once you have that sorted out, try to play through with yourself both who you're looking for in terms of who you would be able to have a relationship with, as well as look critically at yourself. If you have very particular interests, or maybe you know a lot about like one thing, Whenever you start up a conversation with someone you don't know, like say at a bar, you don't want to be trying to engage in depth and long conversations of something that's not normally you. Because that mm. sets yourself off for kind of failure later down the line. Yeah, I think back to my baseball idea, make a remark on baseball and then maybe follow that up with a joke about how you know nothing about baseball. Exactly. Right, because if you're gonna, if you're gonna pretend like, hey, I'm now a baseball expert, which you're not, Let's say she is, and yep. she's gonna start throwing stats and names at you, and you're not going to know, and then you're going to look an absolute fool and like a liar. True. Right off the bat. And it gets worse, the liar part, if you ever, um, okay. Toad? Yeah, a little toad, they're cute. Uh, what makes you look even worse as a liar if they don't realize you don't know a lot until maybe you get numbers and you've gone out for a while and like, three, four weeks down the line, then she realizes, oh, you know nothing about this. Yeah, you actually don't care about baseball. You've been lying to me. Yep. Uh, I, from my personal experience, the reason that's important, the initial conversation or location of where you meet somebody is kind of a home base of what people consider, well, this must be something they're tolerate. They, they at least enjoy a little. Right. And if they enjoy it a little, we can keep coming back here doing something similar to this. Hmm, that's if a good that's point. If that's not your scene, you should probably be upfront about that. Otherwise, the next two months, you're going to be going back to the same bar, going to baseball games and whatnot. And if that's not you, you're kind of doing both of yourselves a disservice by entertaining that fact. Yeah, you're really going to end up hating that pretty quickly. Then you'll get frustrated, your relationship will break up. You don't want that. Not at all. You want a long-lasting, loving relationship. Aside from that, uh, it's kind of just a numbers game. It's difficult, but because people are scary, obviously, social situations especially, you got to keep trying until something sticks. So you might meet 40, 50 girls before someone even entertains, yeah, I'll go on a date with you. Yeah. Don't let I, that get you down, though. That just means you're getting better and better. I agree. I think there's there's usefulness in the repetitions, like uh, interviews, right? Yep. Right out of college, they always tell you, take as many interviews as you can because you won't, like, if you don't have the reps in that situation, you won't know how to answer the questions. Exactly. By your, like, 30th or 40th introduction, you're probably pretty good at your, at least your first six or seven moves in the conversation. Exactly. You know? It gives you a baseline where you're now, you'll be confident enough at that point after you've done that 40 times, win or lose, basically, 
you'll have enough confidence to know I can get through this one way or not the other. Yeah. I would throw the caveat on there though, that if, if that is your experience where you need to go through that many people, which sometimes happens. Yeah. I think sometimes us guys like you and I that found our person really relatively early in life yep. and kind of locked it down. They, you know, everyone, you know, we just kind of say, Hey, pick your person and then you're stuck with them. <laughs> which really isn't the right thing to do if you're not jiving with someone don't be with them for sure for um sure. well i guess what i was going to say is my caveat to the the 30 40 50 people is that you should be very conscious of what you like allow yourself to do with those other people because what might be worse for you down the way is if you hook up with 30 40 girls you know as opposed to like hey i talked to this many people and finally found my match versus yeah. well i chatted with them and then i slept with them and then you know, we didn't stay together, but now I need to take that baggage on to the 50th girl who was like, hey, by the way, you know, everyone else in this bar I've kind of slept with, that's my bad. Yep. So, and uh, that, people consider that nowadays, especially younger people our age, that society's kind of judgmental and that's not how it should be. Even if that's the case, it is. Yeah. And there's no getting around that fact. So, with all things in your life, you should be cautious of how you carry yourself because you can't get away with anything you do. And if you can't get away with anything you do, then you gotta realize in any given moment, think ahead and say, do I want people to know about this or see this as me two years down the line? Right, right, absolutely. And then if you get that down, then there's a lot less pressure because um, you, you meet a girl and she seems nice. You go to that hookup stage. After maybe one or two, if you can carry yourself and say, I'm not really looking for a one night stand or a hookup, I'm looking for something more, then you set yourself up for potential future. Whereas if you engage in that hookup culture, more than likely the other person um, is gonna see like that's what you were after or even if it's not, they'll internalize this is what this was supposed to be. Right, they'll, they'll, they'll set a boundary, yep. right? They start setting their own limits, whether they're like there or fictitious, they start saying like, oh, this relationship is only this aspect and not the rest of them. Yep. So they start like cold shouldering themselves to the idea. So then when you start opening up like, hey, maybe I would like to explore that other side, that's like a whole schema shift because in that other person's mind, they've built this as, this is all our relationship is. Yep. And that, that can be really hard to change someone's mind. It's like the idea of always make a good first impression because the f first impression is the one that people will base their thought of you on. Exactly. I think it's the exact same thing. That all applies. Um, so that, that one actually might be hard to do, especially for a guy. We're both guys. We understand if you're looking for someone and you are in that dating scene. It is very difficult, as we know, for a guy to turn down like a one night stand or mm. something of that nature because guys have a really high sex drive. It is what it is. That is the fact of life. Um, but if you can teach yourself and condition yourself to turn down stuff like that, it becomes easier to build better relationships. It's that stepping stone to help you become better. This is gonna sound harsh for a lot of people, if you are a guy and you're in the dating scene, I would never, pretty much, now under any circumstance, sleep with that 
if someone finds interest, sleep with them the night of or like after the first date. Mm. You need to give mm -hmm. yourself some time. For sure. And this is more mentally speaking. As a guy, uh, hopefully this isn't too crude for the podcast. If you're getting laid, you are going to be somewhat not addicted, but manipulated by that. Because uh, who doesn't like sex? That's kind of... Especially if you're a guy with a high sex drive, I mean. Exactly. So if you put yourself into situations where you're basically dependent on sex, or that's kind of what's pushing you forward, we're men, we don't think clearly. You don't have that objective rationale to step back and say, is this a good relationship? Is this a real relationship? Do I like this person? Or do I like sex? Mm. And if you start doing, like I said, one night stands or sleeping with someone after the first date, you'll never be able to have enough time with that person to figure that out before sex is involved. Right. Right. Yeah, they can really throw a guy off. Dude, I think we've given out some banging advice yet again. We've crushed it. Go team. <laughs> hey, I want to I wanna tell you, because I didn't get to tell you last week on the show, about uh, about a real goof up that I had a couple of weeks ago. So I'm looking into buying a house, right? Yep. And, and <laughs> I hope you don't judge me too hard for this. Here we go. Um, so I'm golfing, right? I like to golf in the summertime. There's a group of young kids in front of me and they're like, like 12 or 14. They don't hit the ball very well. And I hit it very far. And they're kind of just goofing around, having a good time. I'm a guy of one. So I'm going to play faster than them, but I don't really care because I have nowhere to be that day. Yeah. I'm just there to have fun. So I'm playing the back tees, which makes things a little easier because the you know, golf course I'm playing is longer. And I'm stuck behind these guys and I'm standing on a tee box and my mortgage broker calls. So I pick up the phone, chatting with her about my options, this sort of thing. And pardon me. So I'm just chatting with her and all of a sudden, uh, these these kids have moved up far enough that I can finally hit. So I said, hang on, ma'am, I gotta set you right down, I'll be right back. Yep. So I sat her down, I hit my drive, I go walking after it, and this old dude in a golf cart comes flying across the other hole, the other fairway, drives right up to me and says, are you gonna stand there and waste everyone's days, you know, standing on the phone, talking all day long? And I looked at him, I said, yeah, if I want to. And he did this old man thing where he just like this scowl, he's like, okay. And then he drove away really, really upset, right? <clears throat> and uh, that was hilarious to me. But I did, I did the wrong thing. And that when I came off of mute, the girl said, you know, is everything okay? And I said, yes, it's all just plenty fine. This is barely a trail, but. <laughs> the paved road. Yes, hardly hiking. Um, she said, is everything okay? I said, yes, yeah. so I'm just, I'm getting yelled at by this old man on a golf cart because he was still in earshot of me. And she said, oh, I'm so sorry that's happening. And I said, and I regret this sentence, that's okay. He'll be dead before he remembers what happened. Is what, I, is what I said to my mortgage broker. Ooh. And I was like, oh no, what a terrible thing to say. Now I'm not going to get my mortgage for my house. Yeah. Ah, there's no way that comes back to bite you. Have you ever done something like that? Said something really stupid when you're angry? I say stuff stupid all the time whether or not I'm angry. Oh, well, fair but enough. But I do have a bit of a temper and I say a lot of bad things. Probably way worse than that when I get angry. Probably. 
<laughs> Especially because this might sound unhealthy, but once again, hopefully men out there, you'll understand because you've been there. Because this is kind of a men thing. We have a lot of built up like stress or anger throughout a lot of our lives. And sometimes it feels really good to get it out or vent it or, you know, just cuss someone out once in a while. <laughs> I think guys in the 50s would say the same things about why they yelled at their women, right? They just well, walk into tuna casseroles where, a little burnt and just couldn't handle it. That's actually where I think venting sometimes is a lifesaver. Because if I don't, you know, get a little shouty with some guy over a disagreement, if you keep that pent up, I think there's a much higher likelihood that you let it out on someone you don't want it to be let out on. That could be. Okay, I, I buy your logic here. Blow so it yeah, all out. the 1950s guys, if they got out and, you know, got their aggression out in some other way that's not really hurting anybody, then eventually um, they, they wouldn't have to have it all built up and then, you know, do bad things to their wives or kids. That's true, that's true. Keep that away from them. Uh, this is something personally, my significant other, um, she does not take anger, aggression, especially like masculine aggression well. So even if I'm yelling at someone else, justifiably, but she's around, she like takes that personally and gets really um, like nervous and upset dude, about that. Dude, you ever have the scene when you're in a store and you're getting back talked to by the associate and you're just getting perpetually angry and she starts tugging on your shoulder like, hey, we gotta go, like this yep. isn't worth it. Dude, that frustrates me so much because then it feels like not only am I in the right here with this conversation, yep. with the, this argument with this other person, now I'm I'm fighting two wars, right? Exactly. I'm, I'm fighting the war to like be kind and happy to her and also like make my point to this other person. That yeah. frustrates me so much. It's like, just let me handle it. <laughs> I think that's a little bit of a divide of how traditionally like masculine people versus traditionally feminine people react to situations. And that's not really a divide you can understand because my significant other has told me on many a times, like she can't understand why I would yell over something, even though I'm right. Like why I would go to such lengths to show the other person that they're wrong. <laughs> She can't like internalize that. She's like, why can't you just like play nice basically? Well, okay, dude, I get playing nice. Yeah. But you know, if I'm in a store and I'm asking someone to help me find something, that's okay. Yeah. But if I'm trying to return a $300 item and they're, you know, I've got my receipt there, I've got it in the original box and they're giving me the whole govins about, you know, the why we can't or you know how the stores exactly. are. Then it's, you know, it's not like this is a $10 item. I'm trying to trade in for something else. Like why are you, <laughs> Why are you giving me such a hard time? I particularly hate it when random people of the public do that. Yeah. Like, okay, so here's a for example. We were at a bachelor party, you and I, over the weekend, right? Yeah. We went to a place for lunch. We were standing outside playing beanbag toss, cornhole, whatever you want to call it. And there was a group of old ladies sitting at the, the bench next to us, right? And yeah. they were just chirping away. We're just a bunch of dudes. Our food's on order. It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. We're all stupidly hungry and we're just tossing bags back and forth. And these, these old women are whispering stuff like, man, he just doesn't have any touch. Or wow, he's really <laughs> overthrowing that. Yep. Dude, they're just trash talking people all the time. That was true. Right, it's like, lady, what do you, like, 
I hear you. I have functioning ears and eyes. So that, uh, obviously I didn't say anything in this particular case, but that's one of those that, like if I were to say something, if I were to initiate the conversation, my significant other would not be thrilled with that. Exactly. That is the type of situation that I feel like if you have a more traditional relationship like ours, you have that kind of disconnect because they can't understand why you would want to trash talk them. Well, we both have people pleaser partners. Very much so. Very so people pleasers. They take that mentality and go to the extreme uh, where you should almost never make someone feel bad or yell at them for any reason. It's like sometimes, and this is more of an extreme case, but take an extreme case. If someone is doing something unsafe, like say you're at a gun range because that those could be unsafe places and the person next to you, well, shoots, thinks they're done, flags, which is when you basically point a gun at something you're not intending to shoot. Yep. Flags the entire range. At that point, they need to get yelled at that way. Yeah. They don't do that again because that is like a life or death mistake potentially. Yeah. Where she would still, because people-pleasing type personalities, would be upset about that. I don't know, I'm just looking up this way. I'm trying to listen to what you're saying, but I yeah. feel like a guy should climb this, right? Oh yeah. Sorry, continue. But yeah, would be upset if, you know, I cussed out someone, because it always comes back to people-pleasing. Well, you don't want them to feel bad. They made a mistake. They don't need to feel worse. And it's like, no, this is <laughs> something they need to know. <laughs> Dude, you ever been flagged on a range? I have. I have, and exactly that happened. Well, she wasn't, my significant other wasn't around, but that dude got the ass chewing up his lifetime, and I <laughs> took, he was using a pistol, I took it from him and said no. <laughs> I'm sure that went over swimmingly. No, he was infuriated, but there was a couple other people in the range, and they also had to look in their eye like, uh, no, you should definitely let him take the gun away, or there's gonna be problems. Dude, I had it happen one time, I was shooting clay pigeons and the next person I was shooting with went to go and instead of loading one shell in, they loaded two. Yep. Which when you're shooting clays, isn't that big of a deal really? Because, whoa. Because, you know, if you're, if you're shooting two clays, you're gonna maybe need two shots, but this wasn't a semi-automatic shotgun. Whew. Yeah, that's a little bit of fun. And this person, they shoot one and the second pigeon flies too far away to hit. And they just turn around, barrel pointed, safety <laughs> off at the range. Yep. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Rule number one. <laughs> this is basic gun safety stuff here. True. Dude. Times like that when people have a point, not everybody should have a gun. <laughs> Yeah, gun safety stuff gets me riled. People that don't abide by gun safety rules. Yeah, there's only four. Right. It's not a kind of, it's, you know, incredibly complex thing. Whew. That's Dude, a climb. that is a climb. <laughs> That's a good spot to end our chat almost. Let's get up to the top here and. Yeah. <sighs> you can make a parable to life. Sometimes you gotta climb to get to where you need to be. Sometimes you gotta climb to get to where you need to be. Amen. Where does this bring us though? Just oh, right here. Huh. Otherwise it like loops around. Okay, fantastic. Well, there you have it boys and girls. We finally did it. We actually said we were going to do something and then did it. How fantastic.
Oh, this might be a good view to end it. Here we go. If only this tree wasn't in the way and the guy could see the water. <sighs> a gentleman's chat, episode 67 with your hosts, Ian and Billy.